Welcome everyone to the Generation Church Podcast. Pastor Stephen here. I'm in South County, Rhode Island, one of the most beautiful places in the whole world. I'm so expectant about how God is going to speak to you right where you are right now to dream again, to not quit, and to truly believe like never before that the best days are ahead. Lean in and enjoy this message. So the title of this message is, I am voting for fill in the blank. I'm serious. I'm voting for, say it with me, I'm voting for. I want to look at a a vision for the future, a vision for the future, a vision for the future. The main scripture that I'm going to look at is found in Matthew 28. It's the great why of Jesus, why the church of Jesus Christ exists. Again, special welcome to new people who are here. We're like, we get up for new people. There's some people I invited who are here. Love you, man. It's an honor. Who's thankful that we can just come as we are, whether you're watching online or you're watching here. We believe that you're going to leave encouraged, refreshed, challenged, uh, and uh, we, we pray um, flourishing as a human being in the days ahead. So the passage of Scripture is Matthew 28. I'm going to read from the message translation. There's going to be a whole bunch of Scripture that I'm going to be looking at. Is that all right? Okay. Or do you want me to, um, we can put on um, different headline news. Okay, okay, no, no, okay. I got some, I got some work to do, so... Um, just know that it's not as good as the, pre- it's not the, the, how good the preaching is that changes you. It's how you're open and ready to receive it. Yeah. Right? If a rock would to cry out right now and to say, Jesus, and you were open, your life would be transformed. But here I am going to preach. Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. Meanwhile, can we stand at the reading of God's word one more time? Can we stand? Can we stand? Come on, you've always wanted me to do this more, right? Right, Reverend, to my left, you've always wanted me. You, you could remind me, okay? I'm, I'm forgetful. Anybody else need to be reminded of things sometimes? Some people? Okay. You don't. Well, that's why you need Jesus, son. So meanwhile, I love you. So glad that you're here. Come on. Jesus said, unless you come like a child, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And then, meanwhile, the ele- that's such a preacher thing to do, you know, like flip it like that and quote Jesus. Anyways, meanwhile, the 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus had set in uh, for them, Jesus had set for their reunion. They're having a reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshiped him. For those who are new, uh, Jesus, we believe in history. Uh, although he created God, uh, created the world as God, um, he, he came as a human being in the form of human flesh, and he put on human flesh, although he was completely God, to um, really reconcile and rescue and bring people back to their father, our father, um, as the creator, because he's not only creator and God, but also savior and king. And he was teaching the disciples and anybody who would listen that he had to die on a Roman cross, but that he would rise in three days. But everybody did not believe him. 
and persecuted him. And we see that actually it wasn't just that Jesus defied the empire and the powers that be in that time 2,000 years ago, but actually uh, he was doing it to show the powers and the principalities ultimately that he is king, that he is God, and that he's after his humanity that he created. And so he comes back on this mountain with these disciples who denied him and had left him. And we read this. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. Some, though, held back. Not sure about worship, about risking themselves totally. Other translations say some doubted. Isn't that powerful? I love the church and a generation who believes in signs and wonders and miracles and the miraculous. But the greatest miracle is the new affections and new faith that God gives you, not just to believe in a miracle, but the greatest miracle being that Jesus rose from the grave. Here's why, because they saw Jesus. They saw Jesus. But why did they not necessarily go all in? I love this. Jesus gives us this invitation. He gives us this choice, right? God is pro-choice. What? No, 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 no. I mean, to choose whether we will be all in. Okay? They were not sure about risking themselves totally. Jesus was undeterred went right ahead and gave his charge. Oh, I love Jesus. He's like, right? He's like, what a commander, what a leader. He's like, whether you're going with me or not, I'm giving you the charge. Jesus doesn't need a big, big, big crowd. He just, he actually doesn't need anything. But he wants and he invites you and I to follow him. He gives the charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. If this sounds like a mission, if this sounds like that, it's because it is. <laughs> We're not just nice, cute, hanging out at a Sunday service, wondering what the governor is going to say about whether we can meet or not. Governor, you're welcome to join us anytime. Love you. And the next governor. And whoever else. Jesus gives the charge. God authorized, commanded me to give commission. Go out and train everyone you meet. For far and near. Other translations, majority say, make disciples of all nations. Make followers of Jesus, a disciple, a student, a learner in the way of Jesus. It says far and near in this way of life. In what way of life? In the way of Jesus. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, I've come so that you may have life and have it. Oh, say it again. No, say, keep life and young person. Boring? <laughs> no. Abundant. Boring? No. Joy? Joy. Joy. Does everything work out the way we want all the time and circumstances are perfect? No. But he offers us inward what? Joy. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. That, that didn't sound like joy, young leader. I'm talking to you, young leader. You're amazing. Hallelujah. Shout out to the amazing servants. Come on, here to help on the back of your shirt. 
You didn't give it up for him. No golf clap in the kingdom of God. About to resurrect these old seats in this church. Far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism under the water, out, outward reflection of an inward transformation and allegiance to Jesus. Ooh, King Jesus. You guys should sing that song. We'll do it at the end. All hail King Jesus. You do play that. I'm all for the, um, for the, for the national anthem, by the way. Love it. Love this nation. But hey, can you do this? All hail King Jesus. No, you don't have to if you don't believe in Jesus. No pressure. You can laugh. Should we, could we do this more? Oh, come as you are. All hail King Jesus. Allegiance. That's what baptism would be. As they were throwing these first Christians into the lions, then they would meet in homes and sing and say, I give my allegiance to Jesus. I love to talk back. You guys can talk back. Come on now. Talk back anytime. This is the church we're trying to create. You can clap, brother. Come on now. Then they instructed them in the practice of all I've commanded you, I will be with you. I'm so happy to be and be with other people, follower of Jesus. Isn't it not so good? 2020, who would have known that we would have taken for granted just being with people? My God, yeah, you can clap. Thank you, Jesus. My God. Wow, laptop closed. Don't close it, though. People online, stay with us. I'll be with you as you, um, as you do this. Day after day, right up to the end of the age, God will be with you. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, that you would soften hearts Open up minds and hearts to receive your word. We have expectation, God, that I believe at least one person and one family and one community, God, and I pray one nation will be renewed, will be transformed for the good of everybody and for the glory of your name, King Jesus. Amen? Grab a seat. I want to I first, first speak about uh, our posture and how we are listening. And as you do this, do whatever you need to do, okay? I went out trick-or-treating for hours so we can listen to the word of God that will be even less than an hour, okay? Amen? All right, I got a couple, a couple amens. So however you learn, however you listen, if you're a visual learner, just, just, just look along, just look. If you get distracted very easily, close your eyes, like me. Sometimes I might close my eyes during this message. Close it. If, if, especially if I think that you're sleeping, I don't want to get offended, so I'll close my eyes too. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, do whatever you got to do. If you're somebody who needs to take notes, put your phone on airplane mode, like I have right now, because I sometimes have some beautiful people in my life who know I'm preaching and will text me. I put it on airplane Take notes. Can we learn? Parents, can you raise up your kids? Could you raise up your friends? Could you raise up, raise up a community to learn? However you learn, though, get ready. The Bible app. That's right. Download the YouVersion Bible app if you need to. Here we go. Amen. Yes, GC app is coming. Hey, who? He, no, he can talk back anytime. Give it up for my beautiful bride in the house. My God. By the, by, by the way, November 15th, we're not only going to have our six-year celebration, 9 and 11, here. We are literally recording live from New England an album with people from all over, from different churches, YWAM, all, like it is going to be in Groton, Connecticut. 
and we, seven o'clock, November 15th. Like new songs that God has given generation. Who is excited for that? Are you kidding me? You excited? You excited? They're like, are you looking at me? I can't wait for that. So not only um, you got to do whatever you need to do to, 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 to receive right now, to, to learn, to listen. I want to talk about our postures, though, especially those who are not only here but are watching online who are going to watch this. Because I might have already lost you. I hope not. And I only have a few minutes. I get that. Literally after this moment, the bells go off and you go on with your Sunday, day, Sunday you are going to be bombarded with news like never before. Variety of you already have your preachers, pastors, or no preacher, no pastor, your news organization, your articles, your YouTube, whatever, your Instagram, your Facebook. You already have the people that you're going to, and it's going to come wild over the next few days. We've got a few minutes here. And I believe our posture is everything. How are you listening? So some people won't listen because I'm a pastor. To what I'm about to say, I'm voting for. Some people won't listen because I'm a pastor and immediately they connect me not to the best example of a follower of Jesus, but to the worst. And I get that. I mean, it's, it's futile logic, but I get, I mean, I love you. And I hope that won't be the case. Some will listen for a moment, but the moment I share something or say something a certain way, I will immediately be categorized in a way that doesn't fit their beliefs, framework, or narrative. That could be you. That could be where you're coming from. The moment I say something that doesn't fit your framework, this is on whatever political side, religious side. The moment that I, that I say something that doesn't fit your framework, you're checking out. Others, if I say something that you do believe in, it might not even matter if we actually do anything about it, what we believe, just as long as you have the comfort that we agree or might agree or at least fit your framework of the world or beliefs. You hear that? Especially want to speak that to church people. that I say something that you do believe in, it doesn't even matter if we have a conversation about actually living it out, which is actually antithetical to Jesus and the kingdom of God. But it gives you comfort that you agree, that we agree, we might agree, or at least I fit the framework of the world or beliefs. Many on many sides will have reservations that I have even taken the time right now to break down the potential reactions that people might have and they just want me to get to the point. Get to the point. Take a stand. Take a stand. Make it clear. What am I working with here? Is that you? Is that your posture? Where do you fit in this reactionary space? Seriously, take a moment of inventory for your soul and for your mind. Where are you when it comes to this cultural moment in 2020? It is totally okay, and God totally allows it, 
if you said, God, did everything have to go on in 2020 in an election year? <gasps> right? Have, has anybody ever thought that? Like, what? Come on. Everything going on. Where are you in the, this reactionary space? Meaning, where are you when it comes to this issue or to this moment of the United States of America? The main verse that we're looking at, and my aim here, is that we would make disciples of all nations. So I'm going to talk about this nation with the hope that we can make disciples within the nation. This is the perspective I'm seeking to go for. There's so many books, so many preachers, smarter people, brilliant people, everywhere. I'm, this has been many years in the making for me. My wife will tell you that I don't often talk about politics, especially not on social media. I have a lot of thoughts, do a lot of reading, a lot of in investigating, but I don't talk about it, especially these last four years. But then this past week, I've been online sharing a lot of thoughts, not even actually positions, but just to spark conversation. And people have been asking, what are you after on both sides? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to spark up? Where do you stand? What's your point? I'm really excited for this message on Sunday. Well, I'm sorry I, I, if I'm going to let you down. But God has called me in this moment to first and foremost, because this is fundamental to a disciple, is how we think and how we go about communicating with human beings with the end goal to see true humans following Jesus in every nation and every people group. And there's good news because after I share, I give the microphone to all of you to share. No, I'm just kidding. You can laugh. Perhaps you're just exhausted, but a different type of exhaustion. You're exhausted and you're done talking. You're done fighting. You're done explaining. You have either already quit on humanity or you are just preparing to perpetually turn on Disney TV at night and binge watch your favorite TV series. Anybody there? Yeah, I love the honesty. I love some people are like, I am more holier than thou. Well, I think a lot of people are just exhausted. You might be exhausted and you are not talking about it anymore. And you're dreading Thanksgiving, no matter what the policies are in the world. <laughs> or maybe you're exhausted, but you're fighting. You're ready to fight like never before. Please, not violently, world. Especially follower of Jesus. Maybe you're exhausted. Well, I love this quote from N.T. Wright. Politics will stop being our demons when politicians will stop being our gods. Politicians... And by the way, I want you to know this because we have a belief here at church, and at least for me, since I started church, because we started just my family 
and then a few others in a home, is that I have a belief that all it takes is one person, like I said earlier, who can be impacted and create real change and transformation in a community and world. And I also have belief that we have more authority, not because I have a microphone, but more authority because I have the spirit of King Jesus in me than any president and any elected official. Do you know that you have more authority? Do you know that the Bible says one day you'll judge angels? So I have a view of the presidents right here that are alive. I mean, you could take all of them, but right here. Wouldn't that be awesome? I'm preaching to him about King Jesus. Whoever's, maybe you can send it to them. Because the word of God, I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He goes, you don't need to defend the word, tame the word, talk around the word. Just preach Jesus. Let the lion out of the cage and God will do his work. See, that's, that, 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 that's, this is, I didn't share this earlier, but that, that changes everything. When you have a vision that everybody can leave in your world and life, and yet you got King Jesus in you, you are not intimidated. It's easy not to be intimidated in a crowd. It's easy to not to be intimidated when you're around a bunch of Christians who believe the same thing. But I'm talking about when you're out and about in the world. You got King Jesus in you. Whatever and whoever is against me, I got God for me and in me. So here's the thing. This is the starting place as we talk about, and I, I want to share, what does it look like to be a blessed nation? What does it look like to care about a nation? Because I believe that every single person should vote. It's not in the Bible that you should vote. Because guess what? There's only one person in the whole, all of scriptures who knew that there would be a democracy one day, and his name is Jesus. Give me a vote. Give me a place. Give me a vote. Give me a vote. Give me a place that says you should vote. You can be a follower of Jesus and not vote. I will take it even further, though. Not only should you vote, you should vote locally, regionally, and globally. Nationally. Globally. King Jesus. You should vote. No, no, no. Track with me. Track with me. You should. But there's something bigger and more that I want us to get after. We're going to talk about this country. We're going to talk about this nation because we got to know history. You can't be taking history out of schools. Are you crazy? I love you. It should be absolutely, it should absolutely be um, for every single person from university down, all of history. And guess what? Read different perspectives. It's okay. Read different perspectives. Read across the board. We got to know, we got to know the history. And I'm going to share a little bit in my, in my brief history. But the starting place when it comes to nation development, building, ultimately to make disciples in this nation of America. And because it's high time that I talk about this. I've stayed away from it for a long time. I avoid arguments. I have so many thoughts, but I'll talk to people. I wish some of you guys would see my brother and I just... Just, just for like hours. It's epic. Older brother and younger brother talk about these things. But I'm like, I can't talk about it. I don't want to talk about it out there. And then they were coming back to me. Um, your Facebook and social media is blowing up. What are you doing? What changed? I said, I got to speak into this cultural moment. Maybe there's one person who will listen. I get it. People look at how big of the church, how big is the, mo just one person. 
Jesus has got 11 disciples. One already left him. These are all going to go die upside down, majority of them, for their belief in Jesus. I got to speak. I got to speak. I got to speak. I got to speak on this. But the starting place is this. Politics will stop being our demons when politicians will stop being our gods. That's a quote N.T. Wright. Well, here's the thing. In, in, in conversation, I hope that this will be that. Context may or may not be king, but it certainly gets us to a space of understanding perspectives. Context. Even if we don't understand the perspective or belief, or we believe that the perspective is hurtful and harmful. Let me say that again. In conversation, context may or may not be king. I think it's essential. But it certainly gets us to a space of understanding perspectives, even if we don't understand the perspective or believe that the perspective is hurtful and harmful. When we listen, can you say listen? To understand, say understand. Context of where someone is coming from, we humanize them rather than dehumanize them. We humanize them rather than dehumanize them. So my uh, journey with kind of presidential elections is, uh, really starts in middle school that I can remember. I grew up in uh, a church home, church family. My dad was the pastor. And uh, they, they would never really tell me exactly um, who they would vote for. Uh, but uh, they, they were, they, we'd, we'd talk about politics, we'd talk about different people. But during this time, uh, and, and I'm, uh, I'm now uh, 36, actually 21, no, 36, I'm 36. Um, so I've been through a couple elections, is this. When I was in middle school, there was a climate in, um, I would say, conservative uh, evangelical, and we don't, um, we don't like those labels or use those labels. Um, so futile. Give me the Jesus label, King Jesus. Uh, amen. Give me the love your neighbor label. Give me he loves me neighbor label. Give me he loves God label. But during that time, and I get it, because here's the thing that I'm going to talk about. The reason why... There is so much division is because in a democracy, people are able to share and help shape their vision of a country. You get that? You can vote. I know you know that, and you are intelligent and smart people. Say, I'm intelligent. I'm smart. Amen. But that's what you see. You know, I always joke that whenever presidents um, move, uh, move on and there's a new one and there's an inauguration, they always say, oh, so-and-so was so helpful to me. So and so helpful to me. I can't wait for the, not only he, but she one day. Amen? Yeah. I got 10 people for that. Okay. Um, amen, everybody. But here's the thing. Somebody's like, all right, I'm clicking out. Uh-huh. Let me go to my YouTube preacher. I'm sorry. God Almighty, help me. Pray for me. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. They'll always do this. I want to thank so-and-so for... Um, <laughs> For, for helping me and through the transition. 
And uh, I'm really thankful for them. And then they'll go into literally why they ran and why they have a complete different vision. And I want to literally take away what you built the last four or eight years. You know, you know, that happens again and again, right? And that's what happens in a democracy. That's what happens. You can vote and different people come in, right? Like America exists because they didn't want just one king. You know, the, right? They left that, right? Okay, you can talk back, good. <laughs> you can talk back. I'm not a history, I'm not a history teacher. I'm just trying to share some, okay? Thank you, thank you for the smiles, thank you. So here's the thing, but, 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 I, but, I, do, but I do know this, right? George Washington thought it was a great idea to have some term limits. We could totally do that for the senators, by the way. Any senators out there? We love you, but it's time. Um, you vote, and there's somebody else, right? Remember, like, 2000? This is the year 2000, and whoever wins, Bush or Gore, it's the end of the world as we know it. Come on now. Some of you sing it in bars. We can sing it in church. But 2000, you might, you know, young man. But here's the thing. Every election, right? Every election, remember? You guys do realize in political time that both politicians on every side use this thing called um, fear? You get that, right? If you don't do that, we're going to take everything. And you're like, well, that could be true. Yes, it could. But anytime people speak in absolutes all the time and they're not God, don't trust them. God, absolute truth. Yeah. So, amen. So my journey, I remember uh, my parents didn't give it to me. So mom, dad, you did amazing. But it was in the air in um, Rhode Island, New England, America, where uh, although a lot of people were getting wealthy through some of the policies, not everybody I know, but Clinton was also in the book of Revelation as the Antichrist. This is William Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Remember, because he had moral failures? Yeah. The only person to ever have moral failures, to ever run for office. If somebody's like, oh gosh, I'm really out of here. Don't leave. I'm just having fun. But this is serious. And I remember, um, I, there was two things that marked, that marked my uh, um, middle school years. It was puberty and my hate for Bill Clinton. I'm just, I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to be, like, like, literally, I went to my history teacher and was like, he needs to be impeached. I was the only one. But I believe that so passionately because of his moral character failure. That was a key moment. Does anybody else remember that? You don't have to raise your hand. You remember that time? Thank you. Somebody's like, ah, yeah, that time. Some of you, this is some history lessons. So I didn't know anything about anything. You're in puberty. Now, uh, now, teenager. Who here holds and believes exactly what they believed when they were a teenager? And for the teenagers that are here, we love you. Talk to me in 10 years. But here's the thing. We change. We transform. We grow. We shift. So on. Well, I got invited to the Republican uh, convention 2004 with, with um, George Bush. 
And it wasn't because I voted. It was just, I remember I got invited. I had a good friend who worked for it. And I got invited. I was in New York City. Saw the limos all over the place. Man, I want to ride up like that once in a while. But anyway, it's just with cars everywhere. They blocked the streets. And it was the convention. Then I remember, that was, that was the defining time. Then I remember, you guys remember um, the Iowa speech from Barack Obama. When he gave that speech, 2007 and, uh, or 2000, into 2008. And at the time, I'd been in Chicago um, in, uh, for school, graduating, studying theology. And um, I, got, um, I got his autograph. He came out with a new book, The Audacity of Hope. And because um, I kind of believe this thing that I can, I can learn from anybody and anybody. It's, I, I, I know, I, I, I know, I know it's earth shattering. I had a, a dear pastor friend uh, in, in the South Coast who, um, who we were texting back and forth about how I watched um, different um, uh, uh, inaugural addresses to learn from people, to try to learn from people. And, uh, he, and we went back and forth, kind of laughing, joking. And, he, and I said, 99% of American Christians, even though we said nothing about who we're voting for, just the fact that we were talking about, not 99, I'll give it better, 97. Um, if they even just saw us going back and forth, they would immediately be offended. You guys, it's not the United States of offense. So United States of America, and uh, so I got, his, I got his autograph, and then he gave that speech. And it's just my context. I, I love, love it, love, trying to love everybody. Um, and he was like anti-establishment, right? He defeated Clinton. And, um, and I still was working through the way I wasn't really loving and how I spoke back in middle school. Anyways, um, so uh, there was during that, during that time, he gave that, gave that speech. And then Chicago, 2008. Yes, we, yeah, yes, we can. By the way, politicians on either side the more they clarify their vision and you can remember it, it's why they usually win. That's just a side note. Whether they actually do it or live it or not. But here's the thing. So I, I remember watching in Chicago, and he always came in. The, 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 you got to give it. Like, they, like both, both Trump and Obama have huge crowds. Trump, I got to say that Obama had bigger crowds. But nobody laughs at that. He talks all the time how he has the biggest crowds. Anyways. Uh, so, love him, and, um, and so, uh, honor him in his office, and so, don't know him, uh, but here's the thing, so, I, I, uh, I remember seeing these crowds in Chicago, and he would always come with, like, you two, you two, like, this is epic, like, Trump has an epic entrance, too, and, talking back, I love it, and then, and, and Obama would come in with this entrance, by the way, side note, I know I'm just kind of, you know, just flowing right now, but uh, Bono, if you're listening, you're always, talking about, uh, you're always talking about America. You should become a citizen here if you're not already. He's always talking about America. Anyways, Bono, you too? You guys know him? Okay. So, um, anyways, so I, I, I remember watching that. You guys remember where you were? Were you, some of you weren't, weren't even, okay, I don't know where you were. But it was a huge, it was a huge historic, huge historic moment. Now, fast forward, and, and I, I remember when Trump came down the, the elevator. Trump came down the elevator, and I knew right away. I told a couple friends. I didn't tell anybody. Um, and the, by the way, this is not people whether I voted for them or not. 
It is my conviction. I will never, never from this pulpit tell you who I voted for. So I, I was supposed to hold that to the end. I believe that so passionately. I, don't, I believe some places people should. It's just my conviction. But here's the thing. And you should vote. And elections really do matter. But we're preaching the good news of Jesus. Amen. And so here's the thing. I remember, I remember saying, I know that he's going to win. I know that he's going to win. I just, I, I, I see it. I see, I, I see it because he's not an establishment and so on. And I've sat back these last four years and, 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 and watched. And again, I'm just one person, follower of Jesus, with a family, loving a church, and loving a community. And I've seen the wide range of things happen over the years. I, I've lived through some things, whether it be 9-11, whether, whether it be an economic crash, um, and now 2020, and, and, and so many other things in between. So many of you, no matter your history or age, you've been through some things. And, and, and I'm so thankful for this nation. And I think about my father, uh, uh, who's his dad. So my grandfather on his side fought in World War II on the front lines right before D-Day. Not only was he a part of um, this, this nation in that way, but he came back and because of his service was able to buy a farm in Pennsylvania. And, and, and through that, he was able to not only be a blessing to the community, but to raise up his family. I'm so thankful for this country and for, for this nation, as imperfect as it is. It is, I believe it is beautiful. I believe that God is blessed. I'm thankful for that. Anybody else? Thank, I'm thankful for this country. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful. I'm so thankful. And here's the thing. And here's the thing. My, uh, my mom, her dad, Navy, met my grandmother on that side when he was serving for this country. They moved to Long Island, New York City. He became a, a high up manager at the Wall Street Journal and a uh, huge impact and I'm thankful, thankful for him and what this, this nation has allowed for so many, thankful. But as I reflect on, on our journey and, and I, I think everybody should, should, should vote and there's great discussion that we need to continue to have, I've really been asking what does it look like to have vision for the future as followers of Jesus so that we can see other people be followers of Jesus. That's the aim. That is Matthew 28, to make disciples. Anybody know that? But make disciples of all nations. The first vision that I see is this, human equality. Human equality. I want to bring you to where I see that in God's word. Language matters. Language is connected, dependent on who's speaking it, can mean a lot of different things. And one of the main goals of Jesus, when it says, I want to make followers of Jesus who follow in the way of Jesus, is the renewing of your mind so that you think like God thinks, so that you speak like God speaks, that you have relationships with other people in the way that God wants us to have relationships. Amen? So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 28. God spoke. Can you say God spoke? God spoke. Whenever God speaks, God, hey God, God speaks. Just know, when the Lord returns and God speaks, every knee will bow. You have the choice right now on whether you want to listen, whether I want to listen. First vision, this is what God says. 
Let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of earth. God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge. Hear that? Take charge. He's given them authority. This is before the fall and sin and brokenness where we see division in family and community and world. Before that, the Bible started in Genesis 1. Right? Not Genesis 3. So this is the beginning. This is not only historic, but it's poetry. Sharing the story that we're living out. He says, God created them, male and female. First vision for God is that everyone has been created equal before God. Is that an American idea or a God idea? Now, I have such limited time, and I'm not going to go into all the reasons why I love this country. I shared some of the story and just having some conversation with you. But I just want you to know, first and foremost, this vision to see everybody made as equal before God was God's idea. God's vision. God's vision. So, how do you apply that as the church? How do we apply that as human beings? The reason why for every vision here I start with human is because I think that we forget the magnitude that you and I are human beings reflecting God. So I want the Holy Spirit to help you apply, and this would be true if I was talking to a senator, a congressman, a town council, or any citizen within this country. I'm speaking to this nation. I don't have my suit coat. I was going to wear that. You might have taken me more seriously. But I'm speaking into this nation. Ask God, maybe he's convicting you right now, are you even thinking like this? That other people have equal value as you? Okay, how do you know? Can you listen to somebody who has a different belief? Can you talk to them? I'm not talking about social media. I'm talking about are you pursuing to listen to somebody who's different than you? I put up a bunch of comments and just, just kind of reflections, and I was fascinated by the response that people gave. I talked about healthcare. What should be the vision for healthcare? That's very personal to so many people. I got 60 different answers. Maybe not that much, but a lot. Literally 70 comments, but so many different answers. So the starting place is what? You are made in the image of God. Your life has value, and we want to see a healthy humanity and nation. Does everybody agree? Well, I, yeah, because you want yourself, hopefully, to be healthy. Maybe, maybe I need to start there, that you're created by God, that you're loved by God, that he made you with value. Maybe you need to be reminded of that. 
You need to know this, people, especially young people. You are not an isolated person, human being. You are connected in the fabric of humanity that goes on before you from generation to generation. You are not isolated. You have grandparents and parents and people that have gone way before you. You don't exist for yourself. You can be in a season with your own thoughts, but you need to know this, that your literal DNA is not merely your own, but it's connected to the DNA and to the footprint, to the fingerprint of God throughout all of the world and planet Earth. So, well, it's like, yeah. That changes everything. So, specifically, make disciples of all nations. I believe that God loves people groups and loves nations. He wants to see human beings flourish. There is a time when when Jesus returns, we will see a new heaven and a new earth. There will be no borders. There will be a new land. There will be a new world. There will be a new heaven. It's all throughout the New Testament and it was prophesied about all in the prophets before. We are longing for heaven, are we not? We are longing, we are longing, we are longing when every tear is wiped away. We are longing when there is no more death and decay. I am longing for the time when people do not divide. I'm gonna use technology, but I'm telling you, in heaven there will be none. I'm telling you right now that I'm longing and God in our bones is longing. So before sin and before evil and before brokenness in Genesis 1, guess what? Eternity was always God's plan. Eternity was always human destiny. But the problem is always not out there or someone else, but is me and is you. And this same DNA, this same um, image of God in way that we've been made and created There is sin, there is brokenness in each and every one of us. But the starting place for a nation, for people, is this. Everyone is equal before God. So I'm going to remember that not only when I agree with you, but especially when I disagree with you. Parents, can I just pray for you? Can I just ask you, can you train a generation and your family and people not only what to think, but how to go about it? I believe that that myself and my brother and my siblings are following Jesus because my dad was so much like Jesus. Do you know that Jesus, 90% of the time, even maybe 95% of the time, he asked more questions than he gave statements. When I shared something that I believed about politics or about God throughout my journey, my dad did not shut me down. He empowered me. Don't you love when people listen to you? Don't you love when people seek to understand don't you love when people, when you passionately are against because some healthcare issue has affected you and your business in significant ways, but then somebody else just has been diagnosed with breast cancer and they too are being affected and you're now on off, opposite um, spectrums of it and you're trying to communicate through screens and your kids and friends and family are watching, but you can't actually get to the table because right now it's hard to even meet and agree at a table and you're at different perspectives and it's so hard to try to understand understand how about you start with everybody is made equal before God therefore I listen to you therefore I try to understand therefore 
I remember God's first vision of human equality, the image of God. I really want to listen to people who believe in the Second Amendment but really have a lot of concerns about violence with guns. I want to listen to them. I want to really listen to people who, for whatever reason, when I am watching each one of my children and their hearts beating and my beautiful wife, and I look at them inside the womb and I say, your life, look at that life. Look at that person, dignity. That's not an American issue. That's a human issue. That's a God vision. Amen? Can I tear down some strongholds? Yeah. People trapped in cages by multiple administrations breaks the heart of God. But I'm talking about my babies who are beating and deserve every right to vote just like you. But here's the thing. I will listen. And I will sit with you and not talk for however long you don't want me to talk to hear your perspective because you too were made in the image of God and you're a human being and we're equal. Amen? Yeah, we should talk about why maybe God is speaking and telling more people to foster care and adopt. We should. As human beings. We should talk about what's going on to not only care for those who want to get into this country, but also having a healthier nations and countries all around us. We should talk about that. And guess what? People can have different visions of what that looks like, and that's why we can vote. But as followers of Jesus, we have a greater vision that God has, and we start there. And my aim here is that it would affect and shape the way that we think. People throughout generations and throughout um, the ages, people have believed in the dream and the ideal. I think about the biography I read of, of, of just um, of amazing people. Frederick Douglass, amazing story of somebody who, who through um, such brutal slavery, believed in this country and he gave an address at Abraham Lincoln's funeral and he persevered on. I think about, and when I put on my suit coat and I walked into the voting booth and I vote tomorrow, you guess what? I'm thinking about not only certain people and friends in my life who at one time were not able to vote before, um, before it was fought and before it was protested about way back when. I'm also thinking about, guess what? The women who weren't able to vote and my great-grandmother for a certain time. Right? People are like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got to stop. We got to slow down. We got to say, wow, there's people who have literally, right, fought 
for these ideals and for these dreams. But what I'm trying to go at is this. God dream, God's vision is greater. It goes past that because it gives us that supernatural ability to live out God's why, God's vision, which is to not only believe in human equality, but to love people, to listen to them, to seek to understand them, to be renewed in our minds. I pray the Holy Spirit will apply it in your life. What does it look like to see that everybody is made equally? And know this, people will have different perspectives and people don't always believe in truth and people can speak back to you or me and say, can we actually talk about truth? Whose truth? Yours truth? What is truth? The person who was in charge and an official before Jesus died asked Jesus, what is truth? Have the conversation. Have the discussion. But let's have that vision be the starting place. Human equality. Everybody made in the image of God. It'll help you sleep better at night. It'll help you gain less enemies and true friends. Second is human community. Ephesians 3, 12 to 22 says, The Messiah has made things up between us so that we, know, uh, so that we now together... On this, both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders, he tore down the wall we used to keep each other at a distance. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. Then he started over. Instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everybody. He's talking about different people groups from different nations. Can you see this? Hey, back then, thousands of years ago, they had animosity and suspicion. But what did God do? He gave a fresh start. Can you say fresh start? A fresh start for everybody. Verse 16, Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace and that was the end of the hostility. Christ came and he preached. Peace to you outsiders. Peace to us insiders. He treated us as equals and he so made us equals. Through him, we both share the same spirit and have equal access to the Father. This is, I love this translation, verse 19. That's plain enough. This isn't it. I I think about my coach uh, in in, uh, sport that I played here, tennis, and he would every, for years and years and years and years and years and years, he would come and he would give a speech. And if you look back at the last 15, 20 years of his speeches, they're usually the same, reminding us over and over and over and over again. To remember. So look what Paul is just reminding us of what Jesus accomplished in his life and on the cross and in the resurrection. He says this, this plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. See God's vision for community? God is building a home. You see God's vision for family? He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building. He used the apostles, the prophets, for the foundation. Now he's using you. He's fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as your cornerstone. 
that holds all parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. God has built a new family and a new humanity and a new community. You know why? Because when God made us in his image, he is community, always community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God as community made us to live in community, and societies and nations have sought to live out human flourishing. Some nations have done it better than others. There is a great debate and discussion and voting about what that looks like for this nation. But I'm here to declare again, amongst all sorts of strongholds and forces of demonic evil in the thinking of so many people, so many American Christians, I'm here to declare in a fresh way that it is God's vision for community and a new humanity, and he made it possible through the cross of Jesus Christ by dying in our place, filling us with the Spirit of God, making us the living temple as the people of God. God's vision. God's vision is ultimately of community. Are you connected to a Jesus family? I say this often to my, our beloved URI students. We're preparing you for after you graduate. We're preparing you and anybody to love the house of God. I love the church. I love our church and community. I love it spread out. I love it imperfect as it is. I love people and a church that is seeking to care about our neighbors. I love that I have people that are in our church that might think differently, vote differently. I love it. I love that we're rooted because guess what? Transformation and change happens not out there, but here, revive the sea revival, and then in our local community. That's where change starts. That's where transformation starts. Does it not? It's easier to talk about peace out there than in your kitchen sink, than in your heart, than in your dorm room, than in your workplace. What vision is shaping you? I'm so thankful for this nation, but there's a greater vision, a greater dream, and it's God's. Human equality, let the Spirit of God apply it for you. Human community, let God apply it, and may you live it out. Third vision, human common good. We care for our neighbors. We care for the people around us. I love it here in South County. Speaking of this cultural moment, that there is a group of people, I love it, that do not believe in the way of Jesus yet. I pray that you'd be open to it. But who are working together to say from our schools, from hospitals, to neighborhoods, and beyond. We might have a variety of differences, but we're seeking together to what? Care for the common good. The common good is a Christian idea. The common good happened at the birth of the church. Read this in Acts 2, 42 to 47. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. There was a church family that in the midst of persecution, they came together to be the hands and feet of Jesus, who came together to care for one another, to share with one another. They worshiped together, verse 46, in the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's um, supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity. 
all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. Do you see it? They were a blessing to their neighbors. They were a blessing. This is something that I'm praying for. God, we're going to get better at it. I want to be a greater blessing to our neighbors. I want to be the first on the scene to serve and to care for people all around us. This marked the people of God. You can might say, what does that have to do with me? Well, maybe you're living in the stronghold of hyper-individualism and isolation, and you don't realize that you're not an isolated person, but actually you exist by God who is community to live in community. Each day, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship, to their community, those who are being saved. I believe some today people are going to be saved and they're going to say, I still don't know what I believe about a whole bunch of things. And the world is wild, but Jesus, you've been after me. And I say yes to following you. Amen. I believe that God do that today. Do that today. It is God's idea to care for the common good before the Lord returns. Fourth vision that I just wanted to share today. I really approach this message like I've learned by God's grace to approach marriage. Been married for 11 years, but when I was at the altar, I didn't look at her and say, we have it all figured out already, great. But actually our whole life together, learning. What does that mean to love one another? What would it look like to apply caring for the common good if the church spent more time on trying to get healthy and healthier with those closest to them than trying to fix everybody else. We care for the common good. We care to meet at the center. That's what I'm going to do. I want to not only build bridges, but I want to meet people halfway again and again and again. Because why? Everybody's made in the image of God. We are equal before God. Because I believe not only in the power of church community, but the power of community for the common good. I believe it. Human hope. This reality that God is with us. Here's a verse from Acts 17 because the reality is, the reality is is that people and nations will rebel against the truth of God. Sometimes they received it with joy and people got along really well and sometimes they do not. Are we at that moment? I'm, I'm not here for that. I'm here to declare the word of God and I'm saying that no matter what happens, Come what may, what I believe is in the hope of Jesus for all nations. Acts 17 says this, when he was traveling around starting churches, it says, so Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. Team, worship can come on up as we lean in. Can you say lean in? For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it. It was to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands cannot serve his needs. For he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. And he satisfies every need from one man, Jesus. He created all 
the nations throughout the whole earth. God created the nations. He decided beforehand when they should rise and when they should fall. Help me, Holy Spirit, here. God had me in tears this week and before the service thinking about the healing, the healing, the deep healing that is needed in this nation. The reason why the nation is so unhealthy is because the church is unhealthy. People are unhealthy. Humans are unhealthy. Thank you, Jesus, for your authority. Thank you for your spirit in me. Thank you that darkness flees. Thank you for your light. Thank you that no one is too far from you. Thank you. I used to be that. I used to be a teenager who would find ways to get out of youth group and rebel and fool around over and over and over. And my dad knew it. He was the pastor. He said, bad company corrupts good morals, son. But he knew something about King Jesus. He knew. He knew no one was too far from God. He knew that God takes rebellious hearts. He takes them and turns them to lead nations. Lead families. Paul speaking to the Greek culture. The majority of people in this time were pagans, had a belief of many different gods. They had the belief of really more pagan gods, earthly gods, because they wanted somebody to relate to. The Jews, monotheists, they, they believed in one big God, but he was kind of farther away. The majority of the culture, not only in Rome, but throughout the world, was one of paganism. They wanted a connection a belief, they, they, wanted a, they wanted an earthly, earthly God. God-like earth, but, but it was in earth. We see this even for the people of God, they, they too. God said, I'm your king, but they kept wanting a king, earthly king. So Paul, brilliant Paul, expert in Judaism, taught by the greatest philosophers and scholars, was commissioned had a charge to go to the non-Jews, to the rest of the people throughout the world. I wonder what he would say to America right now. I really know who he would talk about, though. He says to them, I believe he says it to us now, this God, he has no needs. He gives life to everything. He satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and when they should fall. He determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he is not uh, from any one of us, 
For in him we live and move and exist. Although God is separate from us as God, he put on human flesh, breaking down the paradigms of religion, both in Judaism, both in secularism, paganism. He came down in the incarnation to be fully God and fully human. And he says this, the Apostle Paul, about Jesus, using their poetry. He says, remember what your poets have said. We are his offspring, and since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. Maybe modern translation is, don't make politicians your God. Don't make, don't make politics your kingdom. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Some of you are thinking, how long are you going? And God's saying is some of you should be at the altar all night until Wednesday. God is saying you should lay bare before me in utter repentance. God's saying that you should burn your, your computers and your technology for a moment. Let it burn before it and gather some people around that bonfire and just say, God, we love you. We're sorry. There's one true king who made everything. And I thank you for God raising up a generation of true ministers and followers of Jesus, no matter the microphone, who aren't living for the applause or the approval of man, but are living for the applause and the approval of God. Hallelujah. 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 Why are you screaming, Pastor? Because the world is so much louder. Christians, so much louder. We go with our itching ears to what we want to hear. And I pray just like Stephen, the way my mama and daddy, the name they gave me, even when they, he shared the truth, they killed him. And son, that's not going to happen. But know this, there is one Jesus. There is one God. There is one king, there is one Lord, and he saved me, and he saved your middle name, Jacob Lyle, and he saved me, and he will save you. That he's better, that he's greater. That's what I believe, that's what I believe. Thank you, Jesus. You did it to me, you did it to anybody. There's no one. I break down strongholds right now that are keeping people back in this room and online right now. The time, God, come, come, God, saying, come to the altar, come to the altar. Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Okay, Paul didn't have an altar at this time. He was out in the, in the middle of Greek and all the beautiful gods everywhere. And, and he was quoting their poetry that he saw. And I love this. He said, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and to turn. To turn to him. Who right now is saying, I want to turn to you, Jesus? Put your hand up. Say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give you, I want to follow you. Anybody in this room with eyes closed? You don't even have to have your eyes closed. Whatever. Just say yes to Jesus. Anybody right now, that prompting right now. That's why he brought you into this room. That's why you're watching online. You're saying yes. 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 Jesus saved me. He created me. Holy Spirit. He has set a day for judging the world with justice generation in America, do you want to talk about justice? 
How about a good, loving God creating people? And they turn away. Is that just? No. No. And God is a billion trillion blazing suns of light and holy fire. He's so good though. He's so loving. He's so faithful that he, he hey, guess what? He left that throne, that seat high above everything. He, he, he left, he left. When he rose, he made, he made evil and darkness and the nations a footstool. He knows that every single nation will be a footprint before his feet. At the book of life, the, every nation will be a literal footnote. And yet this Jesus got off of that throne and he came down. He's on the throne now in all authority. But we proclaim the kingdom and the cause and the person and the message of the one who got up on that cross, lived the perfect life and died in your place and conquered the darkness, defeated the grave, rose again on the third day. Jesus high and lifted up. Jesus high and lifted up. The one who's coming again to judge every single person and nation. So America, follower of Jesus in America, God is saying, remember that he proved to everyone that he raised him from the dead. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt but others said we want to hear more about this later that ended Paul's discussion with them I don't know how the days are going to go especially in America but I'm praying that there will be many people here in South County Rhode Island and New England who will be like these Greeks and will say this we want to hear more later we want to hear more later about Jesus. We want to hear more because we believe that there is hope, that God is with us. Jesus said, make disciples of all nations. So vote, work, figure out what is it. Have vision for what an America should be, what this nation should be, what this dream should be. But have a greater dream. Have a greater vision. Follow a greater king and a greater kingdom. That's my heart. Because there is one hope, human hope. Jesus said, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So I'm voting for you. I'm voting for specific candidates, but I'm voting for you. In America, it's a brilliant idea that you have the opportunity and the availability to be able to vote, everybody. But I'm voting for you, but even more, there's a greater vision. I'm living for you, not because you're a beautiful American in a beautiful nation, great nation, but I am what? I am living for you, not because of who you voted for. I am living for you because you're a human being. I'm living for you. <laughs> all of this is for you. Anybody, all this is for you for a church family, for somebody to come into the kingdom of God. Yeah. 
for somebody to say yes to Jesus. That's what we're living for. That's what we're living for. Thank you, God. He started with 11. And don't you see now why the disciples said, I'm unsure if I want to be all in. There has been a pandemic that I've heard from pastors and leaders that there's never been a time that people have been this tempted to quit. People who've lived some life. People who've gone through some things. People who've given their lives to people and people who are going to leave and cause division over an election. People who act like they never disagree with themselves when they look in the mirror. But I see God raising up a generation, don't you? Leaders and people and followers of Jesus. And he's inviting people that if you want to be fully and holy, healthy, human, follow the living and resurrected Savior and King. He rescued me. He's renewing me. And the Spirit of Jesus can do the same for you. And if you don't follow Jesus yet, you have a lot of good reasons in America not to. But perhaps this moment is different. Either way, know that I love you. This church loves you. We believe that everyone's been made in the image of God. We believe in the power of a true Jesus community. We believe in the common good. And we believe in human hope. The hope for humanity. And his name is Jesus. So may generations rise up and seek like the deer. When I am dead and long gone and generations, if we're still here, hear this. May you hear this in the power of the Holy Spirit. May you be of the generation and may this be the generation that rises up and seeks like the deer toward the water, the new humanity of Jesus, a kingdom and a people that will never end. That's my Jesus and kingdom. So I'm living for you. We're living for you. We're sacrificing it all. Paul says this to close. You guys can stand. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. Can you say plead? I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done. Let them be a what? Say it with me. Living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Helping people in how to think. I believe elections matter. I believe that certain people are, man, caring about the things of God. I believe that, it, they, that they truly do matter. There are certain things, and I believe that like never before I wanted to declare that. I believe that the absolute justice issue of our time is the unborn, no question in my heart and mind. I believe that passionately. I believe that. I believe that. But here's the thing. I believe that you can believe that. And your mind needs to be renewed 
and your allegiance and your identity needs to be in Jesus. And I believe that the things that break your heart when it comes to human equality matters and I want to listen to you. I believe that this nation is stained with sin because human beings from the beginning of time have become stained with sin. But I believe not in my willpower, but through the same power that raised Jesus from the grave and saved me that I can listen to you if you have a different perspective and a different thought. I can fight for you and because guess what? I care more about you than I do a position, a perspective. Politicians are not our God. There's a kingdom that is helping us in how we think and is renewing our mind. So God, thank you and praise you that you are with us, the hope of humanity, in the name of Jesus. And I do pray that this nation will seek you and will reflect you, the resurrected King and Savior. And I pray that you will raise up people, even in this room, okay, with eyes closed, we want to give you the invitation online, wherever, to say yes to this Jesus that you heard about. You don't need to be all perfect. Nobody is, but if you just say with eyes closed, I want yes to you, Jesus. Just confess him with your heart and with your mind. You got a community that's learning to follow Jesus with you our God and King. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you'd raise up many more who are not yet ready to follow you and to believe in the power of your resurrection that they will say, let's talk more about this later. Father, keep this nation. We pray for peace. Continued blessing. But come what may, we're following King Jesus the Savior of our souls. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's sing All Hail King Jesus.